0: The football show on Off the Ball.
1: With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership, and much more. Live on Sky Sports. I'm
0: prepared to, I can what, to do anything I do it. Play then? Do it then. What about your start to the game? I ah, it wasn't bad, was
1: it? <laughs> Why should it be an honest answer be a mistake?
0: How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Oh.
1: Hello, welcome along to the Football Show. If you're podcasting, you've already heard Henry Winter discussing the shambles pre-match outside the stadium. Pat Nevin Evan is with us on the line, as is always the case on a Monday. Pat, how are you doing? Um, very well, very well indeed. We've talked a lot about the shambles outside the stadium. I haven't really talked about the football. I'm sure the uh, shambles outside the stadium caught your eye, though it was uh, pretty grim. So I might get a brief word from you on what you made of it all.
0: Um, the shambles did not shock me. At the European, uh, the Champions League final uh, last season in Porto, um, mess, just a mess, you know, and they got away with it. Uh, And I've been at many games now that UEFA have organised, and I can't believe in comparison to the way that is organised in the Premier League, uh, then they come over and take over games, and it's just rubbish in comparison. If there's going to be trouble that's the game that are going to be trouble at you know the Premier League games much much less so um, certainly things that are organised by by groups organised all the time and know how to do it week in week out so you know there was many problems and I'm sure it's not a simplistic thing of just one uh, problem I'm sure you know there was the ticketing problem there was the fake ticketing problem there was the fact that the tickets even the good ones weren't been shown there were strikes etc there was organised chaos by so young par- Parisians as well so there's a whole bunch of things going on but it just doesn't surprise me because you know when things go wrong quite often UF UA- UA- has organisations involved in it or disorganisation mm-hmm.
1: As for matters on the field, a 14th European Cup for Real Madrid. They have beaten PSG, Chelsea, Manchester City, Liverpool. It is hard to think of any team which has come through a more difficult run to win the title and largely written off at every turn as well. And then for Liverpool, this season, which seems so destined for a fair portion of it for something really extraordinary, has hollowed out slightly. So uh, let's talk about the game then. Who did you fancy in advance?
0: in advance, I'd, I'd just go for the best team with the most uh, with the best players and if they played their best, they'll win and that would have been Liverpool for me. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought, you know, player for player, if they can bring their A game, they'll win the game. And I still think that would have been the case had they played well, but not necessarily their A game. You know, Salah was good, but not at his absolutely best. Um, and they were quite unlucky on a few occasions as well. But that, that's the deal. That's the gig when they've yeah. got Champions League finals, it quite often happens and looking back at it now and thinking had we been talking about Manchester City as winners of the competition, we wouldn't be surprised Liverpool wouldn't be surprised Real Madrid have won it and well done and no negativity from me towards them but they're not the great, great Real Madrid teams of the past, you know it's not one of the fabulous, fabulous teams and for that I think Liverpool will be gutted because, you know, they, they knew they had a chance to win it and they certainly did have chances to win it, but you find a way. And uh, Ancelotti's quite good at that, isn't he? Mm. he and he sees the weakness. Um, and everybody has known all season, and probably for a couple of seasons, where Liverpool's weakness is. The two fullbacks push on, and there's a gap behind one of the fullbacks. And the most obvious one they usually aim for, actually, is Trent Alexander Arnold. The reason being for that is the right centre back, although the big man played well, but Van Dyke, left centre back, covers really, really well, doesn't he? But the right, the, the right centre back doesn't cover quite as well. Whoever it is, whichever one they choose, and Trent Alexander is almost always gone, and there's a gap in there. Now that's not—it's not undeliberate. They know what they're doing, but every team that plays against them knows that's where the gap is, and it turned out to be their Achilles' heel on the right. Unfortunate for them. Mm.
1: Yeah. On the goal itself, it's brilliant play Modric. Because Real didn't really seem all that interested in being brave on the ball at all in the first half. And then Modric decides to insist on playing a good pass forward under a lot of pressure and does so. The thing about Alexander-Arnold that would worry you is that he does steal a glance at Vinicius as the move is beginning. So he absolutely 100% knows Vinicius Jr. is outside him as the play is developing and never looks again. I said it yesterday to Ray Hutton. he's getting a bit old for that now. That That's so fundamental, that's worrying.
0: Yes, unless your manager said your defendant's slightly secondary. You know, we'll cover in front of you. You know, when Henderson's usually the guy that covers that area. So if he's gone or Robertson's gone, you've got a sitting midfielder who has to see the danger and cover it. But when you play at that stage, that standard they played at, and also with the technique that they've got when they use it. There were some of the the more intricate moves that they built out from, because Liverpool did well to close down for 60, 70 minutes, you know, and then it opened out a lot, and then Real Madrid were able to then play their better uh, technical passing game. But if you do that against players such as, you know, the Modric's, etc., they'll find a the gap you know they'll find out where the weakness is and they'll, they'll eventually get it and yeah it was a, a brilliant move but there were a number of brilliant moves they played out from the back and given the due as, as time went on in the game and it wasn't at the start of the game but as time went on in the game when Liverpool couldn't quite keep up that level of pressure they did pass through them quite a few times and mm. it got easier and easier and you just got to think that Ancelotti knew that but I still applaud Liverpool to some degree after to a large degree because that's the game. That's the gig. They want the fullbacks to go forward and create. And the vast majority of times, they will create more than they lose. Trent Alexander-Arnold will create more than you know goals that he gives away. So will Robertson. And they, you take that chance sometimes, don't you?
1: Because for a lot of the first half in particular, it worked really well there for Liverpool. Alexander-Arnold is pushed forward, Canade is ragdolling Vinicius Jr and Liverpool have an extra man forward. Canade had a fantastic game and alexander Arnold's further up the pitch and very involved. Often his delivery, ironically, of all things let him down a touch of time. So you've no problem with that dynamic. But where the goal came from, that's not a case of Alexander-Arnold being too far forward. That's just like bread and butter of being a right-back. That scenario is just one you have to deal with in a in a fairly un- uncomplicated fashion. Like I, I would anticipate, you've been in Vinicius Junior's position many times and longing for that ball to come in. But you know, you, you, a good right back is aware of you and, and will sniff out the danger.
0: I, I, I suppose that's why you're thinking. in the terms that certain modern managers think, which is different from managers in the past. Managers in the past, it's, look, get that defensive thing done. You always cover around that side. You've always got right there first, and then you can break from all that sort of stuff, which is exactly how I would expect to defend defend, Mm. and how I would have expected Trent Alexander-Arnold to defend on that occasion. It may well be that his managers told him that's what you do when you're in that situation. Um, but there is always that wee bit in the back of your mind that he's always been told to try and get wee it forward get a little run on a player but you don't leave players like Vinicius Jr. on their own with a bit of space you know being wrong side you just don't do it mm. and so I, I would agree with your contention that without wanting to abuse Trent Alexander no, sure. um, you know mm. without wanting because I don't want to because it's he's, he's not for any other reason than he's amazing what he gives you going forward and it's a bit like, you know, sometimes you hear Pep after they've got beat I mean, Manchester City. And you can you can tell he doesn't care. You, you can tell, no, no, we did everything right. You know, and there will be a certain percentage of matches that you do all the things we want you to do. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't work. And if we, if we, if we are negative and don't play the way we always want to play, then we'll not get the benefits of those other 19 out of 20 games. And there's a wee bit of that with Trent Alexander-Arnold as well where, okay, we're telling you to go, telling you to go. And then the one time you don't go, we say, well, what were you doing? <laughs> so mm. that's, I kind of get it. Mm. But, you know, he, he should have been there in, in the end. He'll know himself. He should have been there. Yeah, if he guess, could be rewind time, he would be there.
1: I guess the killer is in in that instance as well. I mean, he was there. He was goal side. He was he was in a, a fine position. He, just didn't react.
0: But he's in the wrong, yeah, you know, he's wrong angle to look yeah. isn't it?
1: Yeah. Uh, the predicament for Alexander Arnold, I suppose, is that he would quite like to be at the World Cup in Qatar, and Garrett Southgate is pretty much on the record as saying that he believes these major tournaments are won primarily and initially with a stingy defence, and therefore that's why Trent that hasn't featured and I'm sure across Alexander Arnold's mind in the last 24 hours oh, that's another mark against me in the Southgate ledger
0: yeah um, and that's why you look at Walker and, and in a way that might count against Rhys James as well Rhys James is a fabulous fullback I mean absolutely fabulous defender but he's never actually asked to play there very often he's usually asked to play that little bit further forward and do what Trent does but in a different system, you know, as as a wide man in a four midfield. But if you if you're the England manager and you think right, we're going to be stingy. So who do you do? You, which one do you go with? And you probably go for the more organised, normal defender. And that actually might work against Reece James and it might work against Trent Alexander Arnold. I I would argue that yeah, that that kind of doesn't always win your world cups etc euros and things like that because these days the attacking teams are generally winning most things yeah Generally winning most things so i i would hope and i actually thought that was to some degree uh the letdown in the euros england you know they they weren't brave enough to say right we're as good as you lot we'll take you on mm. we'll stand toe to toe and we can attack more i think that was his the downfall then and I would, I, if I was him, I would be saying, no, look, we need to go for it a bit more.
1: Yeah. Look at the goal Luke Shaw scores in the first minute. Last time he ventured forward all game. I mean, if Kieran Trippier is uh, lining up for England in a World Cup semi-final, then frankly, I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, but I, I completely agree. and it's, But then they did get quite close <laughs> in the Euros. You know, yeah. They did get very, very close. So it is one of those things. But in the modern game at the moment currently where we are generally the attacking teams are are winning out in the end.
1: And I suppose one of the reasons Van Dijk couldn't press Valverde with all that much intent for the cross is Carvajal's bombing up outside him and so that's Mm. the that's what it gets you. So what do you say of Liverpool here? Like there have been some games of late Mm. like Spurs at home where it felt Mm. maybe they're running out of ideas when it came to breaking down deep line defence and so maybe that applies to Saturday but at the same time Pat 24 shots is 24 shots
0: yeah and we do remember the keeper had quite a good game didn't he <laughs> I mean it was world class wasn't it the good yeah. I mean generally maybe any other keeper in the goal might not have kept him out you know any other keeper Yeah, you know, I'm not saying he's the best keeper in the world He may well be and I think the voting was he was recently but just that extra wingspan that he's got you know A couple of times it's just fingertips on a post and things like that and it's and, and one certainly was lucky i think was it alexander arnold i think he went through and it, it hit his um thigh mm. anyway from the right hand side so you know it was it was the tiniest tiniest little millimeters that were making all the difference in that one um but yes they had shots on target i think one or two of them with just about any other goalkeeper ends up in the net so yeah. In the end, really unlucky, <laughs> really unlucky,
1: yeah. And it almost feels like unsatisfactory analysis to bring in things like luck or a goalkeeping performance. But it's like the, the man saved the one off the post in the first half, and there was yeah. the one where Salah took that brilliant first touch and got a shot away with his right foot with plenty of power and was thumping the ground afterwards as Courtois got to it. Yeah, why? <laughs> it's it's just,
0: a, you said it if you're a footballer or a football fan or anything. You look back at every one of those moments and you can say that could have changed everything. You know, it would have made it a much more interesting game mm. to watch. It was an interesting enough game. It was a good game to watch. But, you know, an early-ish goal, preferably for Liverpool, would have absolutely opened it out. And it may well have been that Liverpool will steamroll it through. But nobody's really doing that to Real Madrid. It would have opened them up a little bit. Um but you also have to keep on looking at Ancelotti and he, he, he seems to find ways he seems to see where weakness not weaknesses are he'll see that as well but he'll see where team strengths are and say right okay then I've got some goalkeeper here If I'll try and keep your shots from outside the box or from decent distance or you're being closed down very very t- closely while you're shooting and at that point in time you're almost thinking the only way they're going to score is by a deflection
1: that's
0: yeah. <laughs> luck yeah. and I, I didn't Certainly, I, I kind of felt I, I really felt Liverpool deserved at least to get to extra time to see what they had in the tank and what else they could do. But you know, some like Diaz wasn't having his best game either. It was okay, but you know, it's, you need everybody to be all your best to win their Champions League game sometimes. And Liverpool weren't quite. They were, they were still arguably the better team over the ninety with the amount of possession they had. Although I did see one start. Um, so I came 50 or 60 minutes in and it was 51-49 to right. Real Madrid. And it was right. shocked me. Right. It absolutely shocked me. And I was like, what, really? Because that's not the game I was seeing. But the possession that Real Madrid had was in their own half. And the possession that you know, Liverpool had was in their half in their half too. And I'm sure
1: you watch wingers closely. What was your read on Salah and Diaz, for instance?
0: <laughs> it's, it's really... Diaz was was well played on the day generally wasn't he you know and it's hard for him to come in and be absolutely brilliant every single week but he just wasn't getting his by as often as he normally was and you know it's it's very very tight in games like that You sometimes have games that they, they flash by just too quickly and you know you're only going to get certain amounts of possess- good possession in good areas and you need to make good use of them and it it wasn't poor at all um, but I, I wasn't surprised when he was taken off Salah you just know what it's like I've seen plenty of games with Salah and it's almost sacrilege to say it certainly this season and bits of last season where he was he was bang average for A, A5, 86, 87 minutes but then you watch the three, two or three things he does and you go wow because you've seen the highlights you've not watched the whole game and that's Salah and if he did score his goal there then it would be you know more again so you have to accept that he's, he's had to control his energy Exertions quite a lot for this season because we have to remember what a season he's had I mean if there's anybody had more it might have been you mentioned to me last week the amount of disappointments that Mo Salah's had this season mm. I mean that's, they're crushing and the fact that he never seems to get a rest he's always playing in AFCON and various things he did look a lot a bit wiped out A few times watching Real Madrid this season, I've been
1: thinking about a few Manchester United players who spoke about the Champions League finals against Barcelona, maybe a decade ago. And in effect, they were just saying how difficult it was to maintain your composure and not, uh, not become overly frustrated because akin to Madrid now in the Spanish league that Manchester United team spent the vast, 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 vast majority of their time having the most possession, being in charge of games and not just having a defensive rear guard action. And so to suddenly like, not be able to get the ball just led to mistakes and, and, and people you know, pushing things and, and then being picked apart. Considering Cruz, Modric, Benzema, Casemiro, Carval, Alaba and bossing so many La Liga games, like, they have no problem playing like Burnley. And they don't—they don't seem to like get rattled, or like the humility almost is—is is quite impressive.
0: Uh, yes, I agree with that. It's funny you mentioned Burnley, and you look at Benzema, and you think, "Yeah, target man." But his technical hold-up play was just ridiculously oh, good. Yeah. It was just stupidly good against very good defenders, as drawing people little, little infield balls that you're thinking if the top players in the world that are midfielders play that ball you're applauding them and there's your big hunk of a centre forward hulk of a centre forward doing exactly that and you're thinking oh he's class, he's real quality Mm. Um, in a way the only thing wrong with the game was he wasn't the guy that scored the goal because for what he's done for Madrid this season has been fantastic but yeah they'll get down and dirty and they'll, they'll fight for it and yeah they are a slightly different team they're a different team going back to what they were with Ronaldo playing with the team because it was so focused around him, and, but he wasn't one of the ones that was going to really get down and work too hard for it the last two or three years. He was at Real Madrid, but the rest of them now, nah, it's, it's a it's about. I don't again. And everyone who's listening and watching, the amount of tackles that Modric made. I mean, Modric in <laughs> his age, mm. the type of player he is, he made some superb tackles. You don't have to be tough as nails to make tackles. You just have to have good timing. And his timing with a lot of tackles was absolutely fantastic until the space opened up and then the creative genius and the, the calmness under pressure and the, the beginning to control the midfield started to show and it, that does show you a real top, top class player who will do the ugly stuff. And then when the space opens up, right, okay, we'll turn into the Rolls Royce now after being the JCB.
1: <laughs> Dave was texting, could you ask Pat about Thiago? Looked gone in the warm-up surely at that stage you should just pull him for Keita?
0: Yeah, but I don't know if Keita has been in great form recently and I don't know how much creatively he's going to give you either. You want creativity and he's going to give you more than Keita's going to give you. And the other side of it is give it a go. You know, you've got a number of substitutions you can make. Give it a go and if it's not working, maybe you have to make that decision a wee bit earlier than was actually made. Um, but you know there are certain players and you know he's been the biggest thing we've said about Thiago this season is the way he he has created space the way he has manipulated space the way he's cruises by one a player and, and suddenly everything's opened up a little bit that's what you needed against Real Madrid absolutely that's what you needed more than anything else but as you say he wasn't really able to do it because you're right he wasn't 100% mm. um, so I understand it's a, it's a very good point to do it but I, I keep on going back to it we're all great in hindsight <laughs> I don't know how many people will say it at the time really don't try them anyway yeah. I would have said yeah try them, and if it's not working ok move on and we'll do something else because that's what Liverpool have got they've got a little bit of depth
1: Because you think of the way he's been ghosting past players of late in the Premier League and showing off and creating space against packed defences it does speak to the uh, the worries that Liverpool management, and I suppose fans and players by extension, have against those packed defences. Liverpool are just not as adept at breaking down those packed defences as a Manchester City.
0: Yes, and that's the problem. Everyone's got, and I would say Liverpool to some degree, but they've not scored, they've scored a hell of a lot of goals this season, remember that. So they're doing okay for scoring goals. But I, I've watched not just them, I've watched um, Chelsea doing it for a long time now like 75% of the, the play but you can break through those defenses and they've not got you know the, the kind of you know the magician who opens it up you know that there are the different ways of doing it you can be the Eden Hazard that is prime you can be David Silva you know very very different but those players and de bruyne does it now those players that open it up man city make it look easy but man city are weird you know they're just not like anybody else mm. you know other than you know to some degree Barcelona at the very best so compare them to everyone else maybe they're still looking great at doing that but getting through those defences and the pack defences and the well organised with good technical players it's, it's just damn hard I remember I mean I, for years I remember it as I'm speaking to you now I'm remembering a I, I game many years ago against, against Ireland for Scotland at Hamden Park and we had a lot of ball in the the final third but I'll tell you what with McGrath there (laughs) with the players that were there Mm. it was a hell of a hard thing to find even half a yard of space to get by them it's quality players that are willing to do that as you say the hard work but they're good technical markers as well
1: There's a psychological energy that you can almost taste in those scenarios isn't there where defence feels yeah I think we're going to be okay here fans start to sense it players with the ball start to sense we're not getting through here and it almost builds it almost takes composure away from the team who are pushing
0: it does but if you keep on creating half chances which they did it lasts longer and I think it did last quite long but it was maybe 15 minutes to go and I thought ah oh, I think you've run out now Yeah. I think you've run out of juice now and that's quite long to last in that sort of game where you're creating it and then you go the goal down and it's been you know, you feel as if you should be in the lead, um, but they were still creating half chances or shots and and the odd great save, as we know. Um, but when they they lost energy, that's about I, when playing always noticed and also when watching always noticed. There's just something that happens and you look at two or three players. It's usually a midfielder, and you could you can just see the body language of, oh, you'd love to get there, but you can't. Mm. And if you're Modric playing against that or whatever, you just, you know it. It's just inherently go you don't think this is one but you think we've got a right good chance now because they are not the power and the speed and everything that they had beforehand because they played in a certain way Liverpool and by that point it hadn't worked and it wasn't obvious that they were going to have a plan B
1: They're in such an interesting place Liverpool in that uh, they're generally regarded as this great team but in 20 years when fathers uh, are telling sons about that great Liverpool team and sons will say or daughters of course and mothers uh, what did they win? Well look they won a year Champions League and they won the league once but that Man City team won 12 leagues out of 14 I think there'll be like a certain scepticism you know were they bottlers or how good were they? So (laughs) can we call this say Mane goes imminently and Salah goes next year and that's the end of this team Maybe club builds another one, maybe he doesn't. But that's the end of this team. Was this a great team?
0: Uh, I think, yeah, it's, it's a great team. But in terms of, one of the greatest that Liverpool have had, you know, the, again, that's a very, very good debate because you know, I certainly played against Liverpool teams that were, for a period, probably the best club team on the planet. You know, and very, very difficult to find too many weaknesses in their teams. And they played and actually a very good style of football back then. And as you move on, there are teams like that had they won the quadruple, people just talk about numbers these days. Mm. You know, they say, oh, well, quadruple, they must be the best ever, full stop. Um, but I go back to that comment, I remember a Liverpool, younger Liverpool fan saying to me, ah, that couldn't have been as good in your day, and they weren't very good, and these players are much better, and I'm going, oh, very good, so does Kenny get in the current team? Does Russia get in the current team? <laughs> and then soonest, and you start going through it, and you think, yeah. no, in actual fact, to be called a, a, the great team, of a club like Liverpool, that's that's really pushing that hard because they've been they've produced many brilliant teams, but they're up there because of the style they've played, and because they they are living in an era that has Manchester City. They've got Pep, they've got that style against them, and they've got that funding against them. You got you got to take that into consideration. Yeah. It's, not, it's unfair not to.
1: I totally agree. I'd say it's it's nuanced here. This is a, you could be killed by the numbers and you could say you could just send idiotic but there's a lot more going on here. They are in this interesting place now. You would think oh they're going to be low after that defeat and then that open top parade yesterday was unbelievable. I thought I was I thought it was like uh, someone had, had, had like doctored footage from a couple of years ago or something. So they're all like high <laughs> high as kites. Um and then, on in terms of personnel, you have Klopp saying he's going to sign and continue, and he's the most important signing. What a weird yeah. build-up where Mane says there's going to be great news in a few days, everyone. It turns out the great news seems to be he's going to Bayern Munich or leaving. And then you've Salah saying great news, everyone. I'm going to stay next year, AKA I'm going to run down my contract. Yeah. <laughs> and And like, Mane and Salah, I mean, like this is big. You're not, re- you just, you. come in, done very well. You're not replacing those two readily.
0: Uh, not necessarily, but I do hear Lewandowski's leaving. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, if, you, if they fancied a wee swap there, I think they would. Uh, there's a few Liverpool fans that wouldn't be over annoyed about it in the short term. True. But you know, you do have to, you do have to build, you do have to change. These players don't last forever. Can you remember how Barca reacted when Messi left; it was the end of the world. But no, football goes on, and when Salah goes. It will have to go on. They'll have to find what they think is the next best thing. And they'll be looking around for it. It won't be an obvious replacement. And remember, when they bought Salah, he wasn't, he never for a moment did anyone think he was going to do as much as he's done mm. just now. So it's up to them to actually build from that. And of course, the other thing, remember, there's more than one way to skin a cat. I and mean, Manchester City were desperate for a centre forward. They didn't get centre forward and it didn't matter so you have to be able to adapt and they've got they've got money to some degree they haven't got the, the money that Man City have got they've also got uh, I would suggest one of the best managers there is in the business I, I'm very impressed with with his adaptability mm. as things times have gone on and but if he wants to rebuild he he'll understand that it will take a, a year or two maybe and it's going to be tough to get rid of them but I can remember, you know, when Suarez was up front and when he was leaving, you think, oh, how can they replace that front line, Sterling, et cetera? But they did. In a way, it was better. Yeah, so true. it seems upsetting and it seems worrying at a time. But often, the the most common thing you say to people, you know, when they say, oh my God, it'll never be saying X, Y, Z has gone. So yeah, but you don't know what's coming next. And Liverpool have shown a fantastic ability of late. To recruit really well.
1: Yes. The reason I suppose I mentioned the parade and, and all this stuff is you're trying to predict their appetite next year and their mood next year and, and will this be buoyant and, you know, Salah feeds into that. Is this going to be a season of a question every single week of has Salah signed a contract yet and Klopp just going and the whole thing taking on this air of frustration or look, maybe Salah because he'll be fairly motivated and he'll get a rest month in December. Maybe he has the greatest season of his life and, and powers Liverpool on. So, what do you expect from Liverpool? How do, how do you expect them to rebound from potential quadruple Mane staying, like this Mane thing's come out of nowhere? How, how do you think they will react next year?
0: Um, they've reacted better every time for me than I expected them to. Right. You know, and then, then they built the squad better. You know, I thought oh well that's them gone because they've you know, been totally reliant usually in the front three or whatever and everybody knows so many of their goals come from the fullbacks, etc so that should be able to stop and then you see a weakness you know, behind the centre back the right centre back and the right fullback, and you think yeah I can see the problems there and then they go and chase Manchester City who have got untold millions right to the line right to the last day so you've got to applaud them for that and think yeah I'm intrigued to see it I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does. I I think there are a number of rebuilds going on and maybe the biggest problem Liverpool have got is the other rebuilds that are going on. I mean, you know you almost you stop before you say it but Manchester United are going to be trying to get a lot of players in Newcastle United are going to be spending a lot of money Mm. a lot of money Mm. as soon as they possibly can. Trust me Chelsea are going to be in there as well. They're going to be well into throwing huge sums at any player so there's a very diminished market but i think all of those three teams are going to be kicking into it so big and i read a piece today that manchester city are thinking about another two players i thought for goodness sake give them a break what give position? everybody a break <laughs> exactly give everybody a bit of a break maybe a left fullback you know you're trying to find somewhere there yeah you know, you know what Pep's like buy a left fullback and tell me to play centre forward but you know that's, that is the kind of position that Liverpool I, I believe in their abilities to build something the problem is right now there is a massive massive amount more competition than there has been for quite some time true
1: yeah it's going to be a fascinating summer in that respect we are out of time thank you so much pleasure speaking soon see you Pat and Evan with us there as is the case every Monday Football on Off the Ball is brought to you by Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport Premier Sports back in sec.